The Golden State Warriors are the 2022 Western Conference champions. Stephen Curry is the first ever Urban Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP. Great news, Dub Nation. We're going to recap that series, but more importantly, look ahead. There's still four more wins to go for the Warriors to win their fourth world title in eight years. Kylan Mills and Larry Kruger join me next. This is Locked On Warriors. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. You can follow Kyla Mills on Twitter at Kyla Mills. You can follow Larry Kruger on Twitter at Sports Larry K. What a phenomenal game. The, the, the Western Conference Finals are over, thanks in large part to Clay Thompson. Game six, Clay showed up in game five. He is now, uh, it was his fifth career playoff game with eight plus three pointers made, the most in postseason history. The Warriors are now making the NBA Finals for the sixth time in eight years. The last team to do it, Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls. Kylan, I'll start with you. Give us your recap. You were at the game last night. You had your car towed. That's a whole other story. We were talking about that before we started recording. But tell us about your experience being at the game and, and your thoughts on the series clinching victory. Cyrus, don't even bring up the car thing. Like, I just kind of got into a good mood. So let's just put that to bed. Uh, as far as the game, though, first of all, awesome atmosphere. This is the first time Chase Center has ever seen a Western Conference final. So it was kind of cool just to see the building, I feel like, be christened in True Warriors fashion. Fans coming out. They had the gold T-shirts out. So many people put them on. There was so, so much excitement as soon as the game started. And the Warriors got off to a great start, which I think is huge because, as we've seen throughout the last two series, they haven't always come out so great. Um, and they've gotten themselves into a little bit of a hole in the first quarter. This time around, different story. The Warriors ended the first up eight. And a big reason why is they did such a good job sharing the basketball. And it just mm -hmm. goes goes to show what the Warriors brand of basketball is that they don't have anyone who's selfish and they do such a good job of passing and moving the ball with that motion offense and we saw it last night I think that was a huge factor 36 assists on the night on 45 made field goals I believe uh, nine assists in the first quarter uh, so they got off to a hot start right away also only one turnover which was a noticeable difference from some previous starts uh, in the postseason so they took care of the basketball they were moving the ball well you know, doing a good job on defense, which locking in on defense, another staple of the Warriors game and a big reason behind their success this year. So it was great to see them get off to a good start finally. I, you know, it's like so many of these postseason games, it's like, gosh, like they have to dig themselves out of this hole. And they've had to come back several times. So they came out and it felt like from tip off, the Warriors were in control of this game very quickly. And they held control throughout. Um, I know Dallas did make that run. I can't remember if it was late in third quarter. Uh, and then here comes Steph Curry. Here comes Steph Curry. That's all I want to say. The Warriors have some of the best closers in the game, some of the best shooters in the game. It was a team effort. Everyone did their part. Uh, head coach Steve Kerr after the game said he couldn't be prouder of every single player because every single player did exactly what they needed to do, whether it was the last guy on the bench to, you know, Steph Curry leading the charge and Clay Thompson last night leading the charge as far as scoring goes. Um, but, you know, it was awesome to see. And I was glad to see them close this out in five. That's going to be such a huge factor moving into this NBA Finals. As we watch Boston and Miami get beat up a little bit, like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm cheering for Miami tonight. Like, force a heaven, give the Warriors that extra time to, you know, or that extra advantage of, of the rest. 
uh, leading into the NBA Finals June 2nd. But it was awesome. The atmosphere was great afterwards. Like, all of the players were so emotional because of, you know, what they've gone through in the last two years. And we heard them talk about it, every single one saying in postgame that this want win and this Western Conference Finals meant more because of the adversity this team has faced. And you hear people talk about it, you know, out and about in the media as far as, you know, which one means the most, which championship means the most. Now, given the job isn't done, but this absolutely means more. And you saw a lot of emotions from the players because of how much this team went through in the last two years the worst record in the NBA just two years or two NBA seasons ago. I mean, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, it was just so much fun to watch all the joy afterwards. <laughs> it's incredible. I think it was 15 wins two years ago. Larry, yeah. you host the Krug Show, uh, which is exploding in popularity. Kudos, my man. I, well deserved. Uh, we've been, Kylan and I have been coming on your show pretty regularly uh, for the post-game Warriors party. Sorry for not being there consistently this this week. Um, but what, what was the talk on your show, man? Like, what, like, any anything that stuck out from you from that game and anything brought up on the Krug show in the postgame party? Yeah, I, Kylan definitely hit some of the key points. I mean, they took care of the basketball. Um, that's a key one. I mean, the, the Warriors are always going to have that question is, you know, they rely on body movement, ball movement. When you do, you're going to turn it over. They've done a really good job at minimizing the turnovers. I think that's been a huge factor for them. And then they're deeper. They're deeper and they're better than Dallas. The Warriors have about nine different guys who could start in the NBA. The Mavericks have, in my opinion, like two NBA starters, and the rest of their team with Hardaway out are really made comprised of bench players. So I, I was shocked by the people who had Mavericks in five, Mavericks in six. Didn't see it. I had Warriors in, in what I call the gentleman's sweep. Same. Rio, lose game four, win game five. Um, and so I can't, I, I can say I'm surprised, but I wasn't surprised by this one. <laughs> Absolutely, you. I think you and I both got this right. Um, we we called the uh, Warriors in five. I think Kylan had Warriors in six, right? Just one off. It's not a big deal. I Warriors in six, and I honestly, the main reason why I had Warriors in six is because I really thought that Dallas was going to come out and win Game Three, and that they were going to split, and then that the Warriors' first closeout game was going to be Game Five, and that's why I said right. game, Warriors in six because they just haven't had great success in that first closeout game. I just like, I thought Dallas was going to come out a lot better than they did in game three. Like I did not anticipate the Warriors going up three, nothing. I thought they were the better team, but still like, I thought it was going to be, you know, the closeout first closeout game is going to be game five. And that's, I was like, Oh, well, you know, the Warriors have struggled, but they got done. So it's one game. Who cares? You, you, you got the right team. It was your one game off. It is not <laughs> a big deal. I, uh, I, I want to play the soundbite real quick because uh, I feel like this was, uh, of all the emotion that you're talking about in the post game, um, there was probably none more so than Clay Thompson, right? I mean, this is a player who spent two and a half years of his life recuperating. Interestingly enough, because of those two years missed, um, he has the the unique distinction of basically, I believe this is now his sixth year in a row where he's making the NBA Finals. Um, it's really, it's really incredible. Uh, so, I, so a couple sound bites to play here. This is first his routine. Uh, in the morning of the game, which I personally love. Here is Clay Thompson. I had a great breakfast. And before, you know, I don't want to give away all my secrets, but before I even start my day, I just get up and I go jump in my 65-degree pool to wake myself up. And I'm so lucky to even have a pool. And then I just, you know, play with Rocco. I play maybe some Nintendo. And I just try to not... 
watch basketball or basketball media because I try to just, that's how I clear my mind is just doing other things that occupy my time that are fun. And um, I have to keep this, you know, routine going for the next series. I had a great breakfast. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I call that man my soul brother for a reason. That's exactly what I would do. I would just be playing video games. Although Nintendo is weird. Like, he's playing the Switch. I, I'd like a little more specifics on that. But playing with Rocco, he tunes out the noise, man. What are your thoughts on Clay Thompson? Larry, I'll start with you, dude. I mean, that was he, he had just yet another fantastic game, finished with a, a game-high 32 points among all players. Um, he went 8 for 16 from 3. Your thoughts on Clay, dude? What a game. Well, I mean, what you see is what you get. I mean, that's what's so enjoyable about Clay is that he is genuine, and that's the way he is. Um, you know, I, I was lucky enough a few years ago to be invited to, like, one of the Warriors season ticket holder basketball camp deals for, I think it was the Splash Brothers did it, and I brought my boys out there, and it was just basically kids, and they were doing a little basketball camp led by Clay and Steph, and these guys are just so great around the kids and they're just mm -hmm. real. And what you see, Clay's just a big kid who's having fun. And, um, and you know, it was, yes. it was emotional watching him go down and it was, it's been incredibly gratifying seeing him get it back. So, I mean, he's in a lot of ways, he's, he's one of my favorite players to, uh, to watch because uh, you, you get the feeling like he, he would play for free. I mean, he gives you that feeling. So, um, you know, I just I think we'll see him be better a year from now than what he's been this year because I think there's that much rust involved. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm so happy for him, and uh, you know, you gotta love watching that guy. He's just he seems like he's having fun. Kylan, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think what makes Clay Thompson so lovable is something that Larry touched on: just his genuineness. You hear it from mm -hmm. his teammates all the time. They say Clay is going to be Clay. Clay is Clay. Clay is what Clay is. Like, he never changes. He never wavers, you know, and he's just so admired in the locker room. That's one thing I think that is really special about the stars on this Golden State Warriors team in Clay Thompson and Steph Curry in particular, just the way that they are so admired by their teammates. Every single player who got up on postgame last night was asked about Clay Thompson, and their answers all just started to sound the same as to what an inspiration he is, how much they adv admire him for staying true to himself, for the way he's battled, the way that he's handled adversity by just putting his nose to the ground and getting to work in regards to these two major, major injuries that he's dealt with. I mean, it's when you look at it, it's so incredible to think that he's even back to this point and that we're talking about him being rusty while dropping a 30-burger in the Western Conference Finals. Like, that's kind of mind-blowing. But, like, just the, the fact that he's out there doing that after dealing with an ACL tear and an Achilles tear back-to-back, -back, like, that's still just crazy for me to think about. And someone who's played sports and dealt with major injuries, like I had a hip surgery. And I can't imagine if before I even got back on the field, I'd had a second devastating injury and had to start all over again. Just not only the physical toll on your body that you go through during the rehab process, the mental toll. Um, I love his pregame routine. And, you know, I think that he's really honed in on how to be mentally tough and what he needs to do to lock in before games and also just to deal with the grind that he's had to deal with in the last two and a half years. It is incredible. It is an inspiration. Clay Thompson should be an inspiration to the fans, to his teammates, to people around the league, because you don't see players battle back from two major injuries like that.
to get to this point where he's at now going into an NBA finals as a key cog on this team, as we expect him to be. And we're just, uh, you know, at the tip of the iceberg of where Clay Thompson's game can go. I agree with Larry in that we're still seeing some rust. We're still seeing some rust. And I still don't think we're seeing pre 2019 injury clay, but the fact of the matter is he's here. And that in itself is incredible. Um, you know, Clay Thompson's performance last night, hats off to him just because of what he's been through. And, you know, to me, it just the most special thing about this Warriors team is the culture and the way you hear his teammates talk about him. That's what sets him apart, and that's what sets this team apart. The genuine admiration these guys have for each other, how much they genuinely like each other, cheer each other on. No one is, you know, looking for the spotlight for themselves. It's about the team, and Clay Thompson is a team guy, and in return, his teammates all support him. And that's really just such a, you really touched on, both of you touched on great things. And that's really is what the ethos of this Warriors team is and why they've been so good for so long. And kudos to Myers and Kerr for emphasizing that team first mentality and finding players who buy into that. Uh, I, this is the soundbite I actually wanted to play first. I apologize. But uh, this was the emotion uh, that Clay was expressing. Uh, this was it during the championship trophy presentation for the Western Conference uh, champions. Uh, here was Clay with Ernie Johnson. It's been such an incredible snapshot of your perseverance and the way you've stuck to it and then to come up this kind of a game to get you back to the finals play i mean i should have had 10 threes i left like three on the board tonight but whatever i'm just so happy to be back i'm so thankful for this team these guys carried us to an incredible start and then they be coming back in there i mean i'm i don't want to get emotional or i can't believe we're back this is crazy i'm gonna enjoy this tonight but Wow, we still got four more to go, Dub Nation. This is, I'm going to soak this in the night, though. I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Hey, everybody who's an NBA fan is happy for you. Damn right. Damn right. That was just what a moment, especially if you're a member of Dub Nation. You know, the only thing missing on that stage up there were some built bars. I feel like they could really use it. I mean, you got to start training now for the NBA (laughs) Finals. Uh, Kyle and I still owe you a pack. I gotta get your address, Kyle, and I haven't even gone to that step yet. And Larry, I'll hook you up as well. Bill Bar's got some new bars out, and I'm actually excited about these because I love granola bars as much as I love built bars in general. You know, they're low calorie, uh, very low sugar, tons of protein. Now, built bar has granola bars, and I'm excited. I love granola bars. I've actually secretly been wishing for these. They have three flavors chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut. And white chocolate berry. I got to hook both of you up with these soon. I've been saying that for weeks. It will happen. I promise. Uh, and and the built granola bars. They have just 150 calories. Yet they have 15 grams of protein each, and as usual, only four grams of sugar. They will change your world and give you that amazing snack when you need it. That keeps you feeling full, so you don't gorge. And again, just four grams of sugar. It's super low. It's incredible. Go to built.com. Get the built granola bars now. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. Make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Raphael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletter is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, 
and of course the big boards it's free and available wherever you get podcasts so is kyle mills and larry kruger on twitter you can follow larry kruger on twitter at sports larry k you can follow kyle mills on twitter at kylan mills on yesterday's show uh, i had mark jones on the program he's uh you know clearly a famous nationwide if you follow the nba for being one of nba the nba's main play-by-play broadcasters uh he's currently covering the celtics heat series um i and i do think it's time to shift to that i just bring that up because on yesterday's show uh we kind of jumped ahead i, I was i was hoping the warriors close it in five so that the conversation would be relevant and it is thank goodness uh, and and he gave some great insights into that series Celtics heat's not over yet but um draymond green said on last night's show during the post game with a uh, chuck Ernie, Shaq, and the Jet, that he thinks Boston's going to win this thing. Um, You're not exactly going out on a limb saying that. Uh, They they are the clear favorites at this point. In fact, they're favored by eight and a half uh, in tonight's game. What are your thoughts on the remainder of the series? And let's get into it. Let's let's say it's Celtics, or if you want to bring up the Heat as well, fine. But what are we looking for in the next series? Like, 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 are you are you considering the Warriors the clear favorites? Is it going to be close? Kylan, I'll start with you. What are you anticipating in the NBA Finals, uh, and what do you see in this Eastern Conference Finals series? Uh, In the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm rooting for Miami tonight. I think the Celtics are going to take the series. To me, the Heat are just limping to the finish line at this point. Jimmy Butler limping along on one leg. They're missing Tyler Hero. They're dealing with so many injuries. Um, If they were fully healthy, I think it would be much more competitive. Uh, But I just think that Miami is struggling in the injury department, and it seems like they've lost a lot of their gusto, and that's what it looked to me like in the game um, the other night. So I'm anticipating the Celtics to win. Um, Did they finish it off tonight? Yeah, I I think it happens. But again, like I'm hoping that Miami comes out and, I don't know, pulls off some incredible win because I'd love to see a game seven just, uh, you know, to help the Warriors' chances and and give them a little bit of an edge. Um, But I think a Celtics... Warriors matchup is going to be interesting. I think the Celtics are going to give the Warriors much a much bigger problem than the Mavericks did. The Celtics don't have the same lineup deficiencies that the Mavs do. Um, the Celtics are, first of all, an incredible defensive team, the best defensive team in the NBA when you look at the regular season. So mm-hmm. it's going to pose some challenges for the Warriors as far as getting their offense going. Um, limiting turnovers and some of the keys that we've talked about. Um, I don't think the Warriors are going to be able to have their way inside the same way that they have with the Mavs. I think that Robert Williams poses more of a problem um, in regards to, you know, mixing it up with Kevon Looney than we've seen the Warriors absolutely dominate this Mavs team inside. And that's been such a major advantage. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, and then just the, you know, the two, one, two punch in, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, you're talking about two all-star caliber players that you have to defend. One key that I want to bring up to the Celtics uh, Warriors series that I am anticipating or calling is like whether or not the Warriors have Gary Payton II, I think is going to be a big factor because Mm -hmm. how do you defend Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum? And if you look at how the Warriors did against the Grizzlies, I think it's a little bit telling because the Warriors defense was much better in defending John Morant when he was the sole focal point of that offense versus when John Morant was out and suddenly they were firing from all cylinders and they had different points of attack that were coming at them. I think that the Grizzlies were a bigger problem without John Morant because they didn't have such a, you know, singularly focused offense or one dimensional offense. Um, And I think that the Boston Celtics are a little bit similar in that having two you know, 
all-star caliber players um, in Brown and Tatum. Like, how do you defend Brown and Tatum, both of them? Um, and when you don't have Andre Guadalla, who's also a huge defensive piece for the Warriors, and you don't have Gary Payton the second, and you've got to try to hide Jordan Poole out there, to be frank. The Mavs, when they did find some success, and we've seen other teams try to pick on Poole and go at Poole, and also go at Steph Curry, too. Um, so how do you balance the lineup with, you know, the Warriors heavy hitters offensively, but also who's defending those two anytime they're on the floor? Because they pose a problem. And, you know, I just think the Celtics are a deeper team and they have a better lineup top to bottom than the Mavs. So I think it's going to be a much more competitive series. I hope we don't see any more blowouts. Like there've been so many complaints surrounding this NBA playoffs. I'm curious as to what you both think about that as well. Um, because there just haven't been these tight, you know, down to the last second games on both in both conferences. Like we're seeing a lot of blowouts. Uh, I don't think that happens in the NBA Finals if we're looking Celtics-Warriors. I still think the Warriors have the edge, but I think it'll be very competitive, and the Celtics are going to pose a bigger problem. Hmm. Larry, your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, I mean, a lot of people pointing towards regular season. I think what we've learned so far is don't, right? Yes. I mean, Golden State was 3-9 and nine against Denver, Memphis, and Dallas, and they went 12-4 and four in the playoffs against those same three teams. So... There's regular season Warriors, and then there's, you know, playoff Warriors. And regular season Warriors had a lot of guys out, and we're just kind of second half, you know, from Christmas on, we're just kind of tuning it up for the playoffs. Now it means something. So to throw out the regular season records, um, <clears throat> Boston's great from the standpoint of they play great D, they keep the, sp the floor spread, and then they've got some guys with size on the perimeter that can shoot. And it's harder to close out on guys who have size. Mm -hmm. To me, though, the difference here is that Boston has no point guard. And they have no primary ball handler. And if GP2 can be healthy, even if he can't shoot, even if all he can do is harass and harangue, um, you know, Boston's, you know, whoever's got the ball in their hands on the dribble, I think he could be a major factor. I think the Warriors mm -hmm. have to take care of the ball themselves. But I think there's huge um, a huge opportunity for Golden State to pile up big numbers of turnovers against a Boston team that doesn't handle it well against pressure. And Golden State's got multiple guys who can pressure the ball. So I, I think this is advantage Golden State. Um, I do think it will be a closer series uh, because I think this is the best team they will have played. Um, but Tatum's, you know, all, hidden behind all these Miami injuries is the fact that Tatum and, and uh, Brown are not healthy. Brown's got a chronic knee. Tatum's got a shoulder. Smart's got right. an ankle. I, I just think Boston is the, uh, you know, the Warriors are the healthier team. And then if this series is extended in the East, the Warriors are going to be the dramatically more rested team. And I think then you mix in the experience factor, which is all on Golden State's side, especially on the coaching staff. I like the Warriors to win this series as well. I think it will probably go at least six, but I like the Warriors. Yeah, it was funny hearing last night Charles Barkley, uh, one of his final notes before inside uh, the NBA on TNT wrapped up for the whole year was he was like, he's like, I can't believe the Warriors have home court advantage. It's like, yeah, they, they do, um, which is going to be a huge thing. First of all, I don't I would not surprise me if the Heat pushed that series to seven. Uh, this has been a team that's been ridden off time and time and time and again. I 
I don't want to write him off. I, it would not surprise me either way, but it would not. It really wouldn't surprise me. Kylan playing off what you said, it's exactly what the Warriors want because you'd much rather have, especially with the Celtics, Larry. You're right; they're banged up. Tatum's Tatum's shoulder was a wreck. Uh, uh, Marcus Smart's ankle is a wreck. Uh, uh, Williams, his knee is a wreck as well. I mean, he had arthroscopic surgery on his meniscus just like a month ago. Um, he came back super fast, but he's missing games here and there. Al, you know, Al Horford is to me going to be a wild card in this series. Um, but I, I don't, I to me, like if it's if it's the Heat, I think the Warriors beat him in five. I, I, I think you obviously prefer the Heat in that series. I think the Warriors, when it comes to matchups, they schooled them in the regular season for good reason. Uh, they, they just, from from 1 to 10, they just far outmatch them. The Celtics are going to be tougher. Uh, Gary Payne II, uh, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this today, uh, it's reported he will be available for Game 1. It's not official yet, but uh, The Athletic, Anthony Slater, and Shams Sharnia are reporting that all, all signs are looking good, and he's probably going to play. Um, Larry, he's actually putting up shots. I mean, even though it's crazy that... It, it, I've never seen anyone recover from an, an injury like that so fast. It's truly remarkable. I really think he probably could put up shots and a minimum dunks, right? I mean, that's really like what most of his game is offensively. It's like easy baskets under the under the easy scores under the basket, lobs. Um, he's got that corner three. I don't know if he put, he's going to be putting that up uh, with the elbow injury, but he's going to be huge. So, um, what are your predictions? I mean, do you have any right now? Like, are, are you, are you, do you want to wait until next week to make those? Uh, Kylan, I'll start with let me say this first of all defensively I think the Warriors will handle the Celtics handily and here's why the Celtics to me don't scare me offensively I still maintain the Grizzlies were the more difficult out for the Warriors simply because they were much bigger uh, you, you know they don't have to deal with Xavier Tillman throwing elbows at Draymond's eye and busting it open right Xavier Tillman's seven feet tall uh, they don't have Steven Adams gobbling up offensive rebounds they don't you know they don't have a, a Brandon Clark type uh, Robert Williams Time Lord I mean he's a big dude but he's six nine so he doesn't have the the height necessarily he is 240 pounds but he also doesn't shoot threes he only put up one three this whole year so when he is out there um, he becomes a liability on on offense. Uh, but I just don't think the Celtics have the firepower. Ultimately, that, that's really my call. Like, I, I just don't see the Celtics one through five. I'm looking at the roster right now. Like, who's going to beat them? Like, Jason Tatum, you could throw Andrew Wiggins on him. Andrew Wiggins, I really think, proved himself defensively by handling Luka Doncic, who is a much more tougher uh, uh, offensive weapon than, than Jason Tatum. No offense to Tatum, but Luka was, is you know, five-tool player offensively. I don't know if Tatum is quite at that level. John Morant, Wiggins was guarding and did a fantastic job on. I think Wiggins, who's been underrated until now, I mean, now people are starting to really recognize him, but I think Wiggins can hold his own against Jason Tatum. Uh, Jalen Brown does not just doesn't scare me that much. He's a 35% three-point shooter, which is okay. It's not great. Uh, I could easily see Gary Payton the second guarding him. I could easily see Clay Thompson guarding him. Um, and the beauty of, of the, the of, his, of a lineup like the Celtics is you could have Draymond Green kind of being that roving free safety like he was in the Mavericks series, which is where he really thrives. I just don't see the weapons uh, from the Boston, Boston Celtics. Um, they were the number one defensive team this year, but the Warriors were number one until Draymond Green went down. And it took him missing approximately 30 games for the Celtics to surpass him. Um, I still don't think the Celtics would have beaten the Bucks if Chris Middleton was healthy. And I, and I, I think that does play a part in terms of how good or bad they are. I don't know where Larry just went. Um, I've been talking a lot. Kylan, what are your thoughts on that? And and are you ready for predictions? Is it too soon? What are your thoughts? Um, I think the Warriors, first of all, have the edge over Boston or Miami 
again, I think we all are leaning towards the Celtics coming out of the East. But still, I think the Warriors have the edge over either team. I am hesitant to make a projection as far as how many games because I do think it's going to be a big factor as to whether or not there's a Game 7 and what the status is of some of those key injuries that both you and Larry talked about. And both Boston and Miami are beat up. Like, both those teams are getting beat up. And you talk about several other key players dealing with injuries, struggling with injuries, being day-to-day. Like, if this goes to a game seven and let's say Tatum's shoulder is bothering him and he's questionable for game, like you don't know, like something like that could be a factor and he's True. questionable for game one and it flares up and there's a game seven and suddenly they got to turn around pretty quickly and not only turn around quickly to play, but also to travel because game one will be here in San Francisco. And, you know, I just think then the Warriors edge to me goes from here to here because if you're talking about, you know, some of these injuries, less time for them to recoup if there's a play a game seven. If some of these key players get more banged up and they're going to have to be back on the road coming to San Francisco for game one, then I'm like starting to say Warriors in five. Um, but so I'm hesitant because I do want to see how this series ends. Also, I will agree with the fact that people have been writing off Miami all season long. And I think in the yeah. as well. They're banged up healthy. This Miami team, I think, could take it to Boston a lot better than what we've been seeing. But who knows? Uh, Bam Adebayo randomly went off in game two and dropped like 30 points. So, like, you know, like you can't totally underestimate them, even if Jimmy Butler is still is still hurt and some of the other injuries they've been dealing with. Uh, So, you know, I hate to write them off right away, um, but. I want to say like Warriors over Celtics in six or seven. Like I think it will go to at least six, like Larry said. Uh, but let's let's like re, you know, let's run it back next week because Sounds I good. think the way the series ends will be a major factor in how big of an advantage the Warriors have, just depending on how this Eastern Conference Finals wraps up. Larry, your thoughts on everything I said and any predictions? Well, yeah, I like Warriors in six. I mean. The one thing Golden State's doing right now, the you know, we've seen them take better care of the basketball. That's one. That's a major key mm-hmm. for them. The other one is they are team rebounding. They Everybody is going to the glass. Curry, Thompson, Poole, Bielitsa, you name it. They're going to the glass. The number one offensive rebounder in the NBA during these playoffs Andrew Wiggins with 41 offensive rebounds. The number Second. two offensive rebounder in in you know in these playoffs of all the teams, Kevon Looney with yep. 40 offensive rebounds. Yeah. Those two guys have combined for 81 offensive rebounds. To me, that's the difference. When Wiggins is going, when Wiggins is committed to the boards and Looney's rebounding the ball, this team's an excellent rebounding team because Green's going to get his. Um, and and now and we we already outlined the backcourt. They they really do rebound at a high level, but that to me is the big the major key is that Wiggins has taken a step forward and Looney is playing at the highest level of his career right now. He's he's tipping balls to his teammates. He's tipping balls to himself. He's making the right play over and over and over again. Looney's getting involved as a passer pretty consistently. So I will say the offensive rebounding of Wiggins and Looney is the difference. And I like the Warriors to win one in, you know, split in Oakland, split in Boston, and then win, you know, you know, win in six overall. Um, I think it'll be 2-2 after four games, but I think they'll win in six. 
So you think despite the fact the Warriors have been undefeated at home in the postseason, uh, the Celtics will take one at, at Chase? I do. I really do believe okay. that. Interesting. Yeah. I've never felt more pressure in my life making a prediction just because I'm on this insane run right now. Uh, I, you know, I picked the Warriors right. in five first round, picked the Warriors in six second round, picked the Warriors in five third round. I'm not ready to give a, a definitive prediction yet because, Kyle, and I'm with you. I need to see how, how tonight this weekend's action goes. But here's what I am confident about. If it's the Heat, Warriors in five. You know, put money on that. That's how certain I am. If it's the Celtics, could be Warriors in five, could be Warriors in seven. I'm not ready. I, I don't think the Warriors will finish it in Boston. I I, I, I mean, that, that home crowd, you know, it's, it's hard to win there, even though the Heat did it and teams have done it. Um, I, the Warriors get such a push from that home crowd, man. I, I want to give kudos to Chase Center, by the way. Like, I was really concerned about whether or not they were going to step up to what Oracle uh, set as a standard, but they're damn close. I mean, they're making noise. They're letting the, the, the opponents uh, hear it. Got to give credit to Moses Moody, by the way. He's been playing some huge minutes. Um, he's a big dude. He's kind of like giving me that Desmond Bain feeling a little bit. Like, he hit that big shot uh, with, with the shot clock running out. He's playing stout defense. Um, Kevon Looney mentioned the second behind Andrew Wiggins with 40 offensive rebounds this postseason. Wiggins with 41. He had 18 rebounds last night. His him and Clay are just putting up monster numbers in these closeout games. Um, it, it's it's truly incredible. But I just I don't I don't know if the Warriors will close it out in Boston. I also don't see them losing a home game in the NBA Finals. Here's what I'll say, and, and you and I love your feedback from this. The Warriors, to this day, when healthy have never lost when it matters most. Like when their urgency is there, they're undefeated. Undefeated. Like the, like the, the, the Cavalier series the, is the only one he could pull out. But again, Curry was hurt. Iguodala was hurt. Bogut was out the last two games and they needed a center. Um, you know, and the NBA rigged it by taking Draymond out of game five. So I, I've never seen them lose. So I am confident. I, I think they're going to win the NBA finals. It's just, I think it's just a matter of how many games. Um... Uh, any last thoughts from from you two? Start starting off with Kylan, please. Uh, Cyrus, I have a question for you. What did you think about that early Nemanja Bjelica sighting last night? I love uh, it. I got a little chuckle because we've been talking about Belly and you know his minutes throughout the season. But like last night, he did such a good job, and like we were kind of cracking up in the press section because <laughs> Bjelica, you know, he gets. I don't want to say a little, like he gets some crap for being, you know, just like this big, slow, kind of like lumbering guy. But like he was giving, uh, he was giving Luka Doncic some problems. Like he was was. sing it up with Doncic on defense. I'm like, get him belly, get him belly. Like (laughs) he looked good to me last night. Cyrus, I got to get your thoughts on that before we go into I love it. I I feel like in in the playoffs and, and for half the season, I mean, he had that weird stretch. And that back injury might have had something to do with it, but he had that weird stretch from January through March where he struggled. And I was I was one of the individuals writing him off. But this this playoffs, um, he's been phenomenal. Great things happen when Belly plays. My only question is why Kerr is so hesitant to play him. I mean, my theory is that defensively he's a bit of a liability, but he was giving Luka problems last night. Offensively, he's a threat if for no other reason. He spaces the floor by lurking outside the three-point line because teams have to respect him. They can't just let him shoot threes because he'll make it. Um, I loved it. And and another great sign about the NBA Finals, Otto Porter Jr. in all likelihood is going to come back. There's still rumblings that Andre Iguodala is going to come back. I do think they could use him. Um, Gary Payne II, all indications are he's going to he's going to be ready to go for game one, which is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, the belly sighting is, is, is poetry, in my opinion. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, his numbers, he doesn't really reflect that much numbers wise. He only had five points. He did have six rebounds, which is solid, um, in 21 minutes, but 
he doesn't hurt the team. He, he I mean, when he's out there, great things happen. So I was stoked, man. Yeah. Um, Larry, your thoughts what, what, on predictions well, and anything I, else? Well, I one thought I want to share. Yeah. I think Bob Myers deserves – I mean, obviously Memphis's GM got the Executive of the Year award, but I think Bob Myers really deserves a lot of credit here. Agreed. One, I mean, if you really think about it, he stood up to everybody this year. And he said, you know what, we're, we have a clear vision of how we want to get this done, and we're not going to be sidetracked. His own star players were begging him to cut GP2 and go with Avery Bradley – and he said, "I love you guys, but we're going with we're going with GP two. Yeah. That was that was a huge moment for this season. He did that. Then he resisted all the people who were like, you know, trade Wiseman and Kuminga and Moody and some of these young pieces and go for Bradley Beal. And he didn't do it, mm-hmm. uh, partly because his owner owner he you know didn't want to do it, but also partly because I think he understood the dynamic. If you go for if you make that trade." The vibe right now would be like Golden State would have pressure. But instead, they have this feel about them like their championship window has been reopened and it's going to remain open. And that lack of pressure, I think, is fueling this team. And then there were opportunities this year to change the mix, and he didn't do that. So what you have is you have an NBA team that was formulated in the offseason, got together in the preseason, and have been bonding ever since. And I think this is a very close, united warrior team. Um, and I just think th- those were difficult decisions to make, to resist yeah. trading for a star, to basically tell Steph and Draymond and Clay, I love you, but you know what? We think we're going with GP2. Trust us. You know, he stood up to his stars despite the fact that he listened to him, And he stood up to the notion that he needed to go for it now with some big move. And I think he learned from that Toronto series that depth in the NBA many times means more than having the, the set stars. And right now you're seeing it. It's a war of attrition. Miami's beat up. Boston's beat up. Golden State's deeper and healthier than those teams. And I think I credit Myers for, for setting this thing on the right right trajectory. Larry, did you see that cameo, by the way? That was a KPIX uh, sports uh, TV anchor uh, just walking on Kyle and Mills. Right. Right. <laughs> he was like waiting behind the camera and was like, like trying to like wait to see if he could go. I have a sport. You get involved. Anytime he wants to be involved, bring him in. I mean, we're not we're not excluding him. Charles, how you doing, sir? Good to yeah, see you, man. I got a three o'clock hit, so I got to scramble out here in a second. But Love it. <laughs> Good to see you too, man. I, I, Kyler, we want him on the show at some point too. I wouldn't mind doing the, the husband wife tandem if, if that if need Dude, be. But uh, no, that's awesome. Five seven the game, so he hosts on ninety five seven the game too, and we've done a couple of uh, husband wife tandem hits, and it's on really terrible. yeah. We just did one on Thursday night, and uh, his like co host is always loving it. He's like, all right, like. Before we get into basketball, give me some like husband wife, just like both working in sports horror stories. I'm like, oh, let me let me just tell you. I'm like, here we go. Let me wind up because imagine <laughs> you know, every wife gets frustrated with their husband. Uh, add in the mix, the field and events. So like, we're just like, I'm locked and loaded with so many. <laughs> I can see you guys on the Cron New Year's Eve show. I mean, I, oh, I, stop. I can see oh. it maybe in the future. <laughs> mix it up. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll take the baton from uh, Grant and Justine, two of our anchors that do it now. That's hilarious. Uh, we'll get Charlie in the show. We'll get Charlie in the show one of these days. Oh, absolutely. That's, 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 that's great the game's doing that because I, I have no idea what their nighttime uh, uh, model is these days. Is it just 
fill-in host? Is that what they're doing? Is there yeah? Like- so that's that's exactly what they're doing right now. Uh, Matt Kolsky was just recently moved to their night host for a couple months and then ended up leaving the station. So right now they're just they've got kind of a rotating cast of characters. Uh, Charlie just filled in the other night. Dan Devone, who's a longtime personality on there, has been doing the night shift, and Charlie's co-hosted with them. They've had, like I said, a bunch of different people, but. Uh, like I said, I've been thrown in the mix just for a little entertainment value. <laughs> I love it. No, they're they're recognizing talent where they see it. No, Dan Devone's awesome. He, him and Alan Styles, and there's I forgot the third. There's someone else he rotates with too. Uh, but they brought has been doing a lot. Shamari Block, yes, thank you. Stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they brought me on a couple times, and it's always fun when I when I come on. That's great, Kylan. Awesome. Um, anything you two would like to promote before we call it a wrap? I mean, the Warriors are in. The NBA Finals, Dub Nation, you are pumped. And by the way, I, I want to point out one more thing before we go. Steve Kerr said something that was that was uh, kind of under the radar, but I think is, was very astute in that um, this Warriors team is not like the Kevin Durant teams, right? And he admitted this. He goes, this is not a team that's going to blow teams away. They're not going to dominate teams uh, night in, night out, just because that's not the makeup of this team, you know? And it's it's I just loved how honest he was saying that because because that could be why people underrate this Warriors team. This is a team that's going to beat you one through ten. This is a team that's going to beat you as a team. There's going to be one person that's kind of taking over and just dominating the the whole game. Um, and, and I just I, I thought that was a very brilliant take on his part. Um, Larry you got the Krug show. Uh, which again is awesome. Right. Um, your buddy Grant Cohen was all over the, the news for weird reasons <laughs> recently. Um, so you do a hit with him sometimes. Plug away, man. Everything you want to promote, please. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, t- uh, tune into the Krug Show on YouTube. And, you know, we're doing Warrior Post Games. Uh, we had, I think, like 7,000 views of our post game last night. So it was a it. really, we're really getting a lot of momentum on that front. We're doing Giants Post Games. Um, and just doing live streams and talking Bay Area sports and the momentum's building. So check it out on, on YouTube, The Krug Show. Love it. And Kylan, you're the you're the sports inc for Cron 4. You're apparently now a fill-in host at 95.7 The Game. Uh, you, you come on here regularly, and obviously your role is going to expand after the during the offseason. We'll, we'll figure all that stuff out and make it official. Uh, what would you, anything you want to promote besides what I just mentioned? First of all, the Crook Show is awesome. I advise everyone to tune in. I love when I get to go on there. However, I've been so busy because we've been ramping up coverage at Cron 4. So I encourage everyone to tune in every single night throughout the playoffs. We started doing it at the start of the Western Conference Finals. We're doing a show at 1045 called Hoop Session. Uh, If I'm not hosting, I've been out at the games um, where we're just breaking down Warriors coverage. We've got all, you know, we're on top of all the sound. We've got someone at practice when their practice is at home. So like, we're all in at Cron 4. Uh, in the Western Conference Finals, uh, my sports director, Jason Dumas, was one of only two local TV station people who traveled with the team. Uh, we're typically one of the only stations that has, you know, a reporter out at practice every day. So, like, we really go all in on the Warriors coverage. Uh, so you got to check us out on Hoop Session every night. Like I said, every night now through the end of the season, whenever this run ends. But it's been fun. It's been a whirlwind. It's been crazy. But, like, how do you not love covering this Warriors team? It's incredible. It really is. It's it's a blessing. Um, and Larry, I promise you, man, by next Thursday, June 2nd for game one, I will be feeling better. This thing is kicking my ass. I don't know how else to, to describe healthy. it. But... We want to see you guys on our show in the finals. Yeah, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I, I thought I'd, I thought I'd be ready to go. But day three was just it was I regressed, man. It's, this thing is just I mean, people watching this right now are going, you don't you don't seem so bad. It's like yeah, the, uh, this is adrenaline. Like the moment these cameras are off, I'm going to be coughing. I'm going to be shivering in my bed. <laughs> 
This is yeah. This is a facade. Dude, I'm sure. Take care of yourself, man. Incredible job, Cyrus. You do an incredible job of like putting on a good face. I just want to say because I also had COVID in January and like I was wiped out for three or four days. Like whatever it is, the adrenaline, the makeup you put on before this, like <laughs> this will make absolutely <laughs> killing it and like somehow pulling it together for these 45 minutes, getting people to <laughs> going back to the deathbed afterwards. I mean, kudos as he's like coughing up a lung now. Yeah. Right? <laughs> All right, love you guys. Thank you, and thank you, everyone. You can follow uh, Larry Kruger on Twitter at SportsLarryK. You can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills, and you can follow me on Twitter, Cyrus Sotsis, at DogSurfRocho, and this program on Twitter at LockedOnDubs. Thank you, everyone. Congrats, Dub Nation. Take this weekend to celebrate uh, and, and observe these Eastern Conference Finals because the Warriors are playing one of these two teams four wins away from their fourth world title in eight years. It truly is remarkable. Thank you, you two. I love you guys. We'll be back soon. Later.